Hi, I'm Sam Tucker from the radio show Food for Thought about veganism and animal rights. You can find me at ffttradio.wordpress.com and you're listening to Coexisting with Non-Human Animals. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. Vegetarian. Vegan. Let's get it right. You used the word animals, but I suppose what you should have said is non-human animals. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Coexisting with Non-Human Animals. Just before the intro, I played the first bumper I've received from Sam Tucker. I've asked other vegans from around the world to send me a recording as they mention who they are, where they can be found, and you're listening to Coexisting with Non-Human Animals, as if my podcast were on TV. If you would like to make a bumper for me to play before each episode, you can go to my blog, coexistingwithnonhumananimals.blogspot.com and see the post about bumpers there. I'd like them all to follow the same format and to be about 15 seconds or less. This episode, Live Export. Live export is when animals are sent overseas while alive. I have some audio from the Sunday television program about New Zealand considering sending our sheep to the Middle East on gigantic boats. The journey lasts weeks and suffers many casualties. Even the sheep who make it to the other side of the world, they're always in a pretty poor state when they arrive. Upon arrival, they are stereotypically thrown about, their legs tied together, and they're thrown into car boots. Why does all of this happen? So they can be killed in the Middle East as part of a religious ceremony. Reading from Wikipedia. Over a billion living farm animals around the world are exported to different countries or states every week, travelling hundreds of miles from farms to slaughterhouses, a practice referred to as live export. Animal charities say that thousands of animals die en route from disease, head exhaustion, thirst, suffocation and crush injuries. The National Hog Farmer reports that 420,000 pigs are crippled and 170,000 die each year in the US on the way to the slaughterhouse. Australia is the world's largest exporter of sheep and cattle. According to a report by Meat and Livestock Australia, 4.2 million sheep and 572,799 cattle were exported to markets in the Asia, the Middle East and other countries in 2005. Most of the livestock are for meat but there is also an active trade in breeding stock, including dairy cattle. In 2005, New Zealand exported New Zealand $217 million worth of live animals, mainly for breeding purposes. Exports included cattle, sheep, horses, deer, goats, and day-old chicks. Because New Zealand is free of most exotic diseases most livestock shipments are for breeding or finishing purposes, Cattle are not exported for slaughter, and the last export of sheep for slaughter was in 2003. Okay, here are the clips from the Sunday show. 
live sheep exporter, Georgia Suff. He's made a fortune. I call it eternal demand. Eternal demand in Saudi Arabia for live sheep. This demand is not going to die over the years, as long as there is people who believe. People who believe in a divine right to slaughter animals. But others believe what happens to the sheep is disgusting. It is the most appalling case of animal cruelty that I've ever witnessed. It doesn't look like a sheep, in it? For years, Georgia Saff ran a successful business with the blessing of the New Zealand government. We were invited to come to New Zealand and encouraged by the government to come and invest in New Zealand. Fourteen years ago, Georgia Saff and his Saudi partner, Hamoud Al-Ali Khalaf, encouraged by the government, bought a sheep breeding program. It seemed like a license to print money. They said, this is the sheep that you need to take to, to export in the future. And now the government's being asked to support the live sheep trade once again. It'll be an excellent thing for the farming sector in New Zealand. Our Agriculture Minister, David Carter, agrees. New Zealand would benefit economically from the resumption of trade. We'd heard the government was about to sign a new deal with the Saudis. Hello, Georgia Saf. Yes, Georgia Saf had been getting encouraging emails from the Ministry of Agriculture and was pleased to talk exclusively to Sunday. We do over a million sheep a year. So we met up in the Hawke's Bay, where Georgia Saf and his Saudi partner have invested millions. And we did the largest breeding program probably in the world. These are the sheep they bought, Awasis. They're tough, bred specially to be shipped alive. But there's a big problem, the trade outrages animal activists. Now a warning, the pictures you're about to see may upset some viewers. Animal activists say there's a good chance if the sheep survive the voyage, their days will end like this. These pictures were shot secretly in the Middle East as recently as last year. They're being sent to countries that have no laws to protect them from acts of cruelty. Lynn White is at the heart of the struggle to prevent Australia exporting live animals for slaughter. That's her in the blue scarf, finding out what's happening to sheep shipped to the Middle East. This is in a particular slaughterhouse where they're just pulling animals to the blood drains for slaughter, just dragging them by their legs. And they're Australian sheep? Absolutely. And I think if you watch these animals tr trussed up on the ground, you can just see their chests absolutely heaving in fear. And she says that's not all we should be worried about. Even on the very best journeys, animals are going to suffer and die through failing to eat. Isn't it cruel? I don't think so. We haven't done anything. Georgia Saf reckons the animal welfare groups have it all wrong. The Saudis do care. They care so much about animals and they love their animals to the extent that they sleep with them. Georgia's company, Awasi New Zealand, has around 60,000 sheep ready to be shipped. They'll have a very good voyage and they will be very comfortable on board. They put on weight. But there's a problem. There is no live sheep trade between New Zealand and Saudi Arabia. Hasn't been since 2003. They claim this ship's on a slow-speed voyage of misery and death. What most New Zealanders don't know was that Georgia Saf and Hamoud Al-Ali Khalaf 
were at the centre of this animal disaster. Did you lose any sheep? We lost on the ship just between 3,700 something sheep. An international story, the Cormo Express wandering the Persian Gulf for months in the scorching summer sun, stacked with dead and dying Australian sheep. Georgian Hamud's cargo of 57,000 sheep had been rejected by the Saudis and forced back to sea. To be on the safe side, they might have done the right thing by their country. I don't blame them. Both Australia and New Zealand banned live animal shipments to the kingdom. Animal activists pointed the finger at Humud al-Ali Khalaf, claiming the real reason for the incident was earlier under-reporting of animal deaths. The reality is that a previous shipment by importer Hamoud in April had problems on board, a cattle disease, and they underreported the mortalities on that vessel. We deny anything like this. Uh, this is another rumour. There is many rumours they float around about these things. An Australian inquiry found underreporting of animal mortalities appears to be accepted as reasonable practice by some in the industry. The Saudis wrote to the Australian government complaining about the, the under-reporting of mortalities. You've not heard that story before? Never ever. I heard it. And Sunday has discovered Hamoud is linked with earlier allegations of under-reporting animal deaths. You can't be running around with an oxygen tank for 10,000 barely breathing sheep. Tony Hill is a whistleblower. He was the onboard vet who first complained about animal deaths nine years ago. As we arrived in Damam, the uh, temperature spiked and the humidity reached 100%. And after trying to spread the sheep out onto decks with ventilation, realised we'd have to put back to sea. Did it work? It did, but um, by that stage, hundreds had died. Tony Hill gathered evidence, photographing hundreds of dead and dying sheep. The 100% humidity is, is the, the real killer. The carcasses were thrown overboard, more than 600 of them. What did the captain say to you about that figure of, of mortality, sheep mortality? Uh, he had a figure that he was reporting, and it was about half what I was reporting. And did you have it out with him to say, well, hang on, what's going on here? Well, he, he, there wasn't a matter for discussion. He told me that and moved on. The same captain later admitted to Australian authorities he had understated animal mortalities on the instructions he said of importer Hamoud al-Ali Khalaf. Mr Khalaf denies issuing instructions to falsify anything. We've been cleared of everything, any wrongdoing anywhere, on the ground in Australia before they go, on the ship and when they arrive in Saudi. After the break, will our government give Georgia Saf the thumbs up? I am confident that things will change and hopefully very soon. But has our Minister of Agriculture been giving George Asaf false hope? Why don't you tell Mr Asaf it's never going to happen? The Hajj, the Islamic pilgrimage. When it ends, around three million sheep will be slaughtered. It would have to be the worst three days of animal suffering on this planet. But George Asaf says the sheep he exports won't be slaughtered by backstreet butchers at the Hajj. Saudi have a royal decree. It's a law in Saudi Arabia. Uh, no domestic killing is allowed in Saudi It's prohibited. Interestingly enough, that law exists in a number of Middle East countries and is, is just disregarded. 
Western media aren't allowed to film the animal slaughter in Saudi Arabia, but Sunday wanted to talk to someone who'd seen it firsthand. So we spoke over the internet to Lana Dunn, a New Zealand vet based in Riyadh. It's not just a meat product that they're talking about, it's the right to slaughter a sheep. Yeah, so she confirmed at times Saudi abattoirs can't cope, especially after the Hajj. They are also um, slaughtered on roadside, and there are quite a lot of disturbing and uh, graphic reports of what the roadsides look like during that period of time. Lana Dunn confirmed she'd seen these kinds of scenes outside animal markets in Saudi. Yeah, that does happen. Um, animal welfare is not very well understood here. Is there any way that an exporting country could control the well-being of the animals they export once they leave the, the ship in Saudi? I shouldn't think so. You don't have any rights to interfere in someone else's country. How much would you have to pay to buy a sheep, a live sheep, in Saudi Arabia for slaughter? After Hajj, um, they can be up to 2,000 rials, which is about $900. George Saf says there's a year-round demand for live animals. It, it will become very profitable. Obviously, so far, all what we've done is incurred losses. But we have long breath. We can wait. But we know that there is butchering on the side of roads. We know that people buy sheep and drag them and throw them into the back of their cars. Well, we know that happening in New Zealand as well, you know. No, someone get a sheep out of sale yard, throw it on, at the back of his... But that doesn't make it right, does it? Throat, the fact know, that it's happening yeah, but here. It is dramatic. Yeah. But why, why do we have to base our future in life on one picture like this, not on the bigger picture, not on the positive part of it? In Australia, animal exporters say their industry has changed dramatically since the disaster on the vessel Cormo Express. Now renamed Marino Express, the converted car carrier is still shipping animals to the Middle East. We wanted to see firsthand if conditions for the sheep had improved, but the Dutch owners wouldn't let us on board. George Asaf says there's nothing to hide. There's nothing wrong with it. The mortality rate on the Merino Express last year from Australia was just under 0.21 of 1%. Right? Not even 1%. And across the industry, the exporters say, less than 1% of sheep die in transit. They were keen to show us the Ocean Drover, one of the newer ships in the fleet. On board, we discovered the ship's owners have also been encouraged by talks with New Zealand's Minister for Agriculture. I think that the New Zealand government is very much, uh, from David Carter's perspective, supportive of the trade. We Steve Meerwald heads international animal shipping company, Wallard. We're prepared to invest in New Zealand at a standard that we think is necessary to ensure animal welfare. The Aussie exporters say the animals are well cared for from farm to Saudi feedlot. The industry, they say, has scrubbed up its act. And this is what it's like on board a live sheep exporter these days. Up to three sheep per square metre, penned up, five million of them exported from Australia to the Middle East every year. The Aussies are making a killing. But does New Zealand want a bar of it? I am frustrated, but I am confident that things will change, and hopefully very soon, before this season is ready to go, 
Well, I think Mr Asaf is uh, more confident about the future of this trade than we are. Sunday has discovered George Asaf has been getting mixed messages from the government on just how close a new live sheep deal is. In February, he received this email from a MAF official saying, negotiations between New Zealand and Saudi Arabia on the live sheep trade are progressing amicably. Both sides have confirmed interest in resumption of the trade. A question for the Minister of Agriculture. That prompted Green MP Sue Kedgley to ask in March how New Zealand would benefit from a resumption of the live sheep trade. It is clear that in these challenging times, this is a potential potential economic opportunity for our farmers. Sue Kedgley reckons there's no question. Plans to resume the trade were well advanced. We've got the, the MAF officials, we've got the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, all involved in detailed negotiations with the Saudis. So clearly the Saudis genuinely believed uh, that there was about to be a resumption of the trade, not just George. And just last month, George Asaf got this email from MAF New Zealand is negotiating with Saudi in good faith and will continue to do so. But this month, when we spoke to David Carter, he'd changed his tune. I'm not going to risk that living standard of every New Zealander by sending a few sheep to Saudi Arabia. So why this change of heart? Once they realised just how controversial it is, how much the New Zealanders felt strongly about this issue, they backed down. The live sheep talks aren't dead just yet, though. They want now a full a guarantee that all sheep shipped to Saudi Arabia live from New Zealand for slaughter to be slaughtered in commercial slaughter. Well, what's wrong with that? No one would give... If I'm telling you, in New Zealand, it's happening every day on farm, and maybe other than farm. How can someone guarantee that? And that's the sticking point. New Zealand wants a guarantee the sheep we export won't be treated like this. So why don't you tell Mr Asaf it's never going to happen? Well, you can never say never, because I'm the minister at the moment. In 10 or 15 years' time, there might be another government that's more willing for this trade. The minister's comments surprised George Asaf, but he's um, ever hopeful. What if the government says, no, we don't want the live sheep trade anymore? What will you do? We are very confident, and we can wait. And we really believe in this new government that can do it and can help us. They've never indicated they will say no. You know? They never said no. What do I think of all this? Well, if the New Zealand government won't roll out live export, I think that's a really bad thing. I think that the sheep farmer must have really gotten misleading emails from our government and that this probably means they are seriously considering resuming live export of New Zealand animals. I think a big issue here is how some people think of sheep and other farm animals that are live exported. If these were cats or dogs, people would be outraged. I just have to play back this clip about eating dogs in New Zealand. Outrage over the eating of dogs has pushed the issue all the way to Parliament. The SPCA is now pressuring the government to make the eating of domestic pets illegal. This follows a case of a Tongan man caught cooking his pet dog. And a warning, you may find some of the pictures in this story disturbing. Hayden Jones reports.
Makaida and Kappa Eda spent this morning learning that Chester the pig is family and therefore should not be eaten. And in this regard, the SPCA are preaching to the converted. You could probably ask any child and they'd screw their face up and think, I'm not going to go home and look at my animal as something that I'm going to have next to my three veg and mashed potato. The SPCA believe education is one way of stopping the likes of Paya Tofa, who was found cooking his pet dog Ripper in an umu. Now, there is nothing legally wrong with cooking your pet, although local bylaws prohibit slaughtering animals for consumption. Oh, I've found it abhorrent. At Parliament, the Agriculture Minister has three dogs. He's never considered cooking any of them. He says he's unsure a law change is needed, but is morally crystal clear on the issue. I think that when people come to live in New Zealand, they need to be aware of our cultural values. And in this case, eating of dogs is something that most New Zealanders find totally unacceptable. The SPCA say they'll talk to Tongan community leaders and also lobby the government. We don't believe the present law covers uh, this area and we'd like to see it discussed openly. A Tongan cultural expert says in his homeland, dog is a delicacy enjoyed mostly by young men and he would be comfortable with it being on dinner plates here. It is meat. If the law was to change and to allow uh, Tongans and, and other percent Tongans to, uh, to eat dog meat, then, then, then so be it. That's a concept that horrifies staff at the SPCA, where animals are seen as friends and educational tool, a fun day out for Bailey Road School, and definitely not an option for dinner. Hayden Jones, One News. And the eating of domestic animals is being hotly debated on tvnz.co.nz, where you'll also find a poll on whether it should be outlawed. A massive fuss was built up over that one dog being cooked. After being hit on the head, which was considered a, quote, humane way to kill an animal. I wish we would consider farm animals to be as valuable as we feel that one dog was. I think all animals are pretty much equal. I have my favourites like damselflies and blackbirds, but really, all animals are fairly equal, are they not? Why would we assume that a dog is more valuable than a sheep? That one dog being killed was more important than the literally billions of other animals killed for us to eat every year. David Carter, the government's agricultural minister, was also shown in a bad light during the New Zealand pork scandal, my term for the safe expose with Mike King. Carter claimed he didn't know how pigs were treated in New Zealand. With this live export issue, he's shown claiming to never have promised that live export would resume again. Until we treat all animals as having a reasonably equal right to live, we will have issues like live export. Lives are precious. They shouldn't be degraded with long journeys before a cruel slaughter. We really shouldn't be using animals as stock, a way to make profit. I like bringing up singular issues, such as live export, but I don't believe in welfare reforms to make it, quote, humane. I instead focus on animal rights, and that means veganism. Thank you for listening. You can find the script for this episode, as well as downloads for every episode of Coexisting with Non-Human Animals at coexistingwithnonhumananimals.blogspot.com If you want to contact me, even just to say you listened, send an email to jwontdart at gmail.com jwontdart at gmail.com I'd appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Away from the notion of animals as things, and toward the moral personhood of animals. The choice is ours. 
if you're not vegan go vegan it's easy it's better for you it's certainly better for the planet and most importantly it's the morally right thing to do